That sound means the Steelers are still unbeaten at 9-0 as they cruise past the Bengals 36-10 in a game that never really felt in doubt. You join us always by me, Simon Sanley, and the three co-hosts, Gavin Marshall, Dave Hart, and Rich Cetron. How are you doing, guys? Pretty good. Yeah, great. Good. Steelers uh, roll on uh, in a weird game. You hate to say any game is easy, but the, the Bengals just uh, they went up to the challenge on Sunday, frankly. Whether they, was, maybe the offense isn't quite where I thought it was at the, this point this year. Let's just hope that... I didn't pick the trap game a week too early. Um, they, look, they look significantly worse than I was expecting. Yeah, same. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially, especially on the... You know, I knew the defence was going to struggle, but uh, I expected the offence to put up some points or give us some trouble, uh, kind of in the way Dallas yeah, maybe did. I should that. Joe Burrow was significantly worse yeah. than I was expecting. Maybe yeah, I think more, the defence did, did a good job on him on both ends, but we'll get into that. Um you know, my big question to you guys this week, before we start getting into the the nitty gritty of the game and and the, and the players, uh, can we take anything from this game? Really, can, is there anything that we can learn from this game? Because after I'd watched it, um, I'd been taking some notes and stuff. I'd kind of stopped by the third quarter because I thought, well, this blowout is, is I feel like taught me nothing. Um, have you guys learned anything this week? It's made me think a lot about the run game, and I yeah, guess we're going to get into that, that. That is the one thing, right? That's that's the one thing where, you know, Steelers fans, we've got to skew negative, especially on this show. That's the one thing everyone's focused on. Yeah, but also on a, on a more general thing, have you have you had a look at the AFC North standings recently? Right, I, I have. <laughs> very ple- very pleasant reading. It is, <laughs> especially after the Patriots result the other night. Yeah, they did us a favour. Yeah, so I think that's uh, that's quite a nice cushion there at the moment. Yeah, we've got to make sure we wrap up business this week and then we're going to Thanksgiving uh, in a comfortable cushion still. How are you feeling, Rich? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, uh, a nice game. You know, for the most part, there, yeah, there's problems with the run game and like you guys said, we'll get into that. But, you know, Ben was fantastic. Got, um, what did he get? Uh, it was, was it AFC... AFC Offensive Player of the Week, yeah. Yeah, I mean, defense looked great. Um, special teams, besides that one fake punt, looked great. So, yeah, good game. Dave? Yeah, it, it, it feels kind of weird. We've been so down. We've been down on them that much, despite not having lost yet this season. And at the moment, I'm not seeing us even losing. I, I can't. I can't imagine a situation where we lose a game at the moment. Oh, wow, that's oh, a bold statement, that, Dave. Dave. Maybe I'm getting that. too high at the moment, but I, I don't want to start screaming, here we come Super Bowl, out the window. But I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. But despite we've got a broken run game and, <laughs> and everything else, and we, you know, sort of inconsistencies here and there, you know, the defence is pulling us through and Ben's putting it all on his, on his shoulders. So come and, come and stop us. Well, we normally start by talking about Ben, right? But do you want to talk about the run game first? Because that's the one real negative and then we can get on to all the rest of it after that and, and skew positive. Do you want to talk about his run game first? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I was going to say about Ben while we're still talking about the offensive player in the week, do you think that's as much that everyone else played pretty bad this week and sort of Ben kind of played as he's been playing in a way? I mean, he hits some more deep shots, but 
like Russell Wilson, everyone kind of had bad weeks, didn't they? I suppose maybe the competition wasn't that stiff, but you can't take away a great game from him, can you? I mean, 300 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Russell yeah. wasn't in the NFC, but Pat, Pat Mahomes wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah I, good think... I don't know why that's not what I pulled you up on. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just meant, you know, there's it, across the board, it, I, who, who had a good week this week? You think of anyone in the NFC? Uh, Josh Allen was down. Uh, who else is yeah, there? Lamar I mean... Jackson was trash. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, okay, nothing major. Uh, yeah. All right. Fill the damn squib on Ben's performance, why don't you? Yeah. But no, it's nice that he got he got the nod there. You know, <laughs> I think. It's, hey, good. Listen, it good... it's that excellent mistake-free football, right? That's what I've been talking. That's all we need. You know, mm. distribute the ball evenly, like he's been doing. I, it wasn't. It wasn't completely mistake-free. He nearly, he nearly gave Jesse Bates, who was awesome, <laughs> by the way, clearly their best player. But he nearly had a hint picked off. It was only because he dropped it. That is true. To mm. be fair, there was two. Pass- I can't remember the second one, but that's one of them that where I thought, oh, that could have been picked. So yeah. I think there's been a well, few had this season. Yeah. Bates had it in his hands, didn't he? But, um, but yeah. you can only look at what, what happened, say? can't you? True. Yeah. So let's get into the run game anyway. Yeah. It seems like every 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 Facebook, Twitter, every Steelers thing is talking about the run game. So it feels like right that we should get into it. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, Steelers, you know, tweet nation need to have something to sink their teeth into. They can't just uh, skew positive. So it is the run game. And, and it's warranted. Um, it was a horrible day in the stat box for James Conner. Averages 2.8 yards and 13 carries. Um, it did not get going at all, but again, it felt to me like it was a lot of the old line. I'm sure Rich is going to have something to say. Um, and I, I felt like there was a ton of, of weird run, like stretch runs and stuff like that, where I was like, this isn't working. Um, they work well, and I, I, they were working well. And there's two, if you watch back, there are two of those uh, inside zone or zone plays where there is, uh, you could drive a truck through the gap that is, that is there and Connor didn't cut and he didn't see it whether it was the momentum or he just didn't see it or he was running behind his blocking um, there were two that he missed two big ones two big holes that could have gone for first downs or you know 10 plus yards easy so the, the, as much as I've been saying it's not on Connor the, there was there was some vision thing going on there against the Bengals not that it mattered in the game but yeah interesting okay it's uh, but but again as equally to that it felt like uh, there were two yards in the backfield before James Conner had the ball sometimes, so you know I wonder if that's in his head sometimes. Mm. What, what worries me though is that this this bank we, we've kind of been throwing excuses their way when they played the Ravens and then when they played the Cowboys for some reason they got an excuse that game, and now we're playing the thirty first ranked run defense. Uh, we still couldn't move the ball on the ground. Uh, what's the problem? I just don't, I think what I think the team needs to do is like drag their mouse cursor with a blue box over all of their power run games and just cut and remove <laughs> and just put on ice for a bit because it's not working. Whether it's the line play or whether it's Connor or, or whatever it is or or, or I saw someone uh, saying maybe there's a tell, someone seeing on something that the Steelers are doing, that are giving away, but their power run game isn't working. The zone game, working well. And I think... You know, what we're basically, it's almost like we're running some kind of Matt Canada air raid offense at the moment where everything's yeah. getting, you know, the pass game. Well, let's, let's, just, let's just double down. Let's go full Mike Leach air raid here. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's promote Wendell Smallwood. Let's get um, uh, Jalen Samuels more involved. Let's start doing running back screens. You know, let's, let's, just, let's just go all out on this and just try it like crazy. That's what I think, you know. 
Yeah, let's 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 have every play with a built-in audible, so to so you could audible to a run from every pass play. So basically, you just Ben goes to line of scrimmage in a pass, and he's got an audible to run if he if if he sees that the defense is offering something up that he can take advantage of. Otherwise, it's it's a pass. And you know, you're doing those running back screens. You've got Juju, you've got Washington. They're badass blockers. You can get get behind. You've got Claypool and 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 Deontay Johnson that can do the mesh mesh concept. Get run across, you know, a crossing in front of. Of ben. It's all there. So I wonder if that's actually what's happening. And perhaps the Randy drag factor, as Dave says, is 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 real. And he's still calling in some of these power run games where it's a Matt Canada offense. And you got to look back to um, you know, he he had he he got massive production out of Samuels at NC State, production out of Connor at Pitt, and production out of Maryland out of uh, McFarland at Maryland. So he knows these backs. You know, and he, he his offense in, in Wisconsin 2012, you know, high scoring. Running back, uh, you know, with with Mel- Melvin Gordon, Monty Ball, and James White, you know, running, passing to the back. So this 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 is a guy that is that knows all about how to do this and get production out of these guys. So I think we double down now. You know, we 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 can see what Ben can air it out. We're heading on a Super Bowl run. Let's 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 turn this into a slightly more aggressive running back through the air kind of offense. That's what I think is should happen from now. Yeah, I'm. I'm 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 with you, uh, but I don't know with with, with Randy. I, I feel like a tiny little bit of credit's got to go to Randy that he he threw the entire playbook of running plays at them, didn't he? And nothing worked. To be fair, he, he I feel I feel like he was on the last page going, "Well, this one's got to work," and nothing worked. He he was he went everywhere, didn't he? Trying to do something. So he was you could see he was trying, and something occasionally things worked, but it just sort of yeah. Whether whether it's a personnel thing with um, Zach Banner being out, maybe they just can't do certain things. Um, but in terms like the O line in pass protection, Ben's got all day to throw passes at the moment. So that's that's their strength. And as Gav's saying, if we can just go full air attack, the O line's set up for that perfectly. They're, they're protecting you know really well. Ben's been kept clean most games, yeah. relatively. Yeah, I think I think the loss of uh, McDonald as well really hurt. Like you're saying about the loss of Banner, I think in this game we could see that they tried a bit of gentry, and that didn't that didn't work. I mean, he was on the ground at the end, and a couple of drives he really hurt the run game because he was falling in all about the place. Um, so I'm not not sure he's quite ready in his development. Not saying he's a write off, but um, you know it takes time to develop tight ends. So he he was a late round pick, so just give him some time. But he didn't look ready to me. I've seen all kinds of theories this week. Um... People talking about David DeCastro looks off. Apparently, he people theorizing he might be injured. Um, I don't know, Rich. I'm sure you got something to say on this run game. Well, I, you know, I, I have it charted again. If you guys want to hear it, love it. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Dave's right uh, too. I mean, they came out and the Steelers came out in the second half with different looks that they didn't show at all that game. They came out in a 13 personnel the first play, 22 personnel the second play, and a 10 personnel the third play, which they did not show at all in the first half. So Fickner was trying different things. Um, I, I agree with the people who are saying DeCastro is having a problem. He did not look good at all. He had a couple nice blocks, but he missed a lot, and he just he got overpowered completely one time. Um, but, uh, okay, well, here's what I have, and I'll run through this as quick as I possibly can. Um, uh, first and 10, Ebron can't maintain his kickoff block. Ponce and DeCastro, though, nice second-level blocks, and Connor gains five yards. 
Okay, next running play, first and 10, nicely blocked. Big Al and, and, and Filer seal the end. Okorafor pulls and kicks out the linebacker, and this is one of the ones that Gavin uh, made mention of. Connor misreads, re, misreads the play completely and tries to bounce it outside and only gains one yard. The very next play, second and nine, 11 personnel, draw play, nicely blocked. Big Al and Filer, Ebron blocks the linebacker, Connor gets seven yards. Uh, next run play, first and 10, 14 personnel. It's a sweep. Ebron can't contain his man. If Connor reads the block, though, he can still cut inside and get a few yards. Uh, but um, he tried to bounce it outside, and there was holding on the play anyway. So the next play is first and 20, 11 personnel. Filer pulls and kicks out the defensive end. DeCastro and Okorafor double-team the tackle. The tackle drives both the Castro and Okorafor back three yards into the hole. Nowhere to run. Connor manages to get one yard. On uh, first and 20. Jeez. Yeah, 20. Yeah. First and 10 uh, in 11 personnel. Double reverse to Claypool. Nice nice play. I don't, th- I don't know if we've saw that yet because we've saw a lot of the the, 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 uh, uh, the, rever- the, the sweeps, but we haven't seen a double reverse, I don't think, yet. Loved uh, it. Caught the defense off guard. They've all followed Ray Ray. Claypool gets 14 yards. First and 10, uh, the next play, 11 personnel. Fake reverse to Claypool. Hand off to Connor. Again, very nicely set up by Fickner. Uh, the fake opened up the D and a nice block by DeCastro. Connor reads it well, gains 16 yards. So there was some running there, but it, it, you know, it's, it tended to fall apart as the game went on. Um, next running play, first and 10, 11 personnel. The whole line's pulling left. Big Al kicks out his man. Okorafor does nothing. Uh, I'm sorry, d- does not um, have a great angle on his man. Uh, still, Connor, if Connor cuts it up, he would have had a few yards. There was something there. He could have cut in and, had a, and he would have had a few yards, but he, but he doesn't see it and he ends up getting minus six. Uh, that's the first quarter running. The second quarter. Second and five, 14 personnel, fly sweep to Claypool. Ebron um, and uh, Ebron has a, a kickoff block w- or with Watt. Watt makes his. Ebron tries to block. He misses his block. The Bengals are ready for this play. They, they've seen this fly sweep a lot, I think, with Claypool, and it's minus three. Uh, next running play, first, and this is the last running play of the first half. First and 10, 11 personnel. A core four man drives him back three yards, closing the hole. Connor tries to break to the outside, minus five yards. And this is interesting. That's the end of the first half. This is interesting because I've always thought Connor is a better running back than Snell. But the way Snell runs, if Snell is running in this first half, I, I think they have a much, much better running attack. And I think by the end of the game, Snell's somewhere around the 50 or around the 60 or 70 yard mark. I really do. I think this is one game Snell would have been better. Uh, third quarter, first and 10, 13 personnel. Um, this is a really interesting play. Um, 13 personnel, so they have three tight ends on the right side. Um, they try to run to the weak side. There's seven men in a box, but the safety, I, I'm, I'm thinking the defensive coordinator watched a lot of what Dallas did. He snuck down in the box at, at, at the last second. Uh, still, Villanueva kicks out the defensive end. The free safety fills the hole, but the thing was, the hole was so big. They did such a good block a job blocking um, that the safety came into the hole, but there's so much room. Connor could have tried to cut around him, you know, make a move on him or run him over or something, and they would have got yardage. I mean, he's one-on-one with this safety, and I like that matchup. I think he's going to get something. 
But instead, once again, he tries to cut to the other side, completely misreads what his best option is, and he runs into the line of scrimmage and manages to get one yard. And I think this is something that we saw with Connor all day long. His vision just was not not good. He's, he, it just, he was just missing things the whole day. Um, the second and nine, they're in a 22 personnel. There's two tight ends to the left. And this is the very next play. Now, this time they try to run to the strong side. There's eight men in the box and there's eight men blocking. So that's a good matchup, right? It's a power sweep to Castro pulling. Watt does a counter step and falls in line right behind DeCastro. DeCastro actually makes a good play on this part, but Watt completely misses his block. Villanueva is un unable to sustain his block, and Connor gains one yard. Next play is a first and 10, 11 personnel. Clay pulls sweep off a fake to Connor. Ebron pulls, but he, he and Villanueva both miss their blocks. No gain on, for, the, for the play on Clay pull. Next running play is uh, first and 10, 11 personnel. The play is to the right with Filer pulling. He kicks out his man. A core force seals his man. Ebron blocks second level. Very nice blocking on that play. Connor gains 11 yards. Next play is a first and 10, uh, 11 personnel. Pistol formation, six blocking seven. The safety drops into the box late. Pouncy double teams to Castro's man. No one blocks either linebacker. I don't know how this was schemed. I, I, I don't know their playbook, and I don't understand the blocking scheme, but no, neither of the inside linebacker was blocked, and but Connor still was able to gain two yards. That's the end of the third quarter. Okay, fourth quarter, first and 10, 14 personnel. Blocked pretty well. DeCastro not able to completely maintain his block, though. His man manages to get an arm on Connor, slows him down. Connor gains three yards. Very next play, second and seven, 14 personnel. Watt, Watt just completely misses his block. And Watt had a lousy game blocking, very poor game. He completely misses his block. Connor gains zero. Uh, next uh, next uh, running play is a first and four, 14 personnel. Um, Gentry misses his block. Claypool cannot maintain his. And the Bengals actually read the play pretty well. The pretty good pursuit to the ball, minus one yard. Um, next play is first and 10, 11 personnel. Seven guys in the blocks. No one blocks the linebacker. Snell still is able to get two yards. Ne very next play is a second and 10, 11 personnel. Again, six blocking seven. This is a good setup for us. A good Filer uh, has a nice second level block. Snell gains seven uh, seven yards, but there's a bad holding call uh, that made, that brought back the call. It was a really bad holding call, and it brought back the play. Um, two plays, two running plays left. Second and 18, 11 personnel, six in the box. Filer pulls, cannot maintain his block. Gentry misses his block completely. Snell gains one yard. And the very last running play of the game, the Bengals must have not studied Rudolph's game film much last year. It's a third and 17, 11 personnel. So they're expecting pass. They only have four men in the box, and we're going to win that matchup 99% of the time. Snell gains nine yards. So you can see it's a, it's a lot. I think it was a lot, Connor. It was a lot. It was some scheme, and it was a lot of just bad execution by our offensive line. We had some really nice moments, but we we can't sustain them, and we're having more bad moments than than good moments. To be honest with you. Yeah, I thought it was Connor's worst game for a while, and I, I've been a Connor supporter. I just thought, you know, I've been defending Connor, saying it's not on Connor, but as I said, I think this this was on Connor, which is yeah, a, shame. a lot of it, a lot of it was for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I would have liked to see more, more of uh, Snell in there. He's, he's more of a downfield runner. Like he doesn't play around when hitting the coal, hole and, and Connor seems to be looking and not seeing things. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, how on, on, like I say, that, that gap, I don't know how he missed it. I mean, it's humongous. Like, Al Villanueva is, is, is a good sort of five or six yards over to the left. And then yeah. the next guard is, is way over on the right. It's just like there's a massive hole. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's just so focused on getting behind his blocks that he's, he's teed up. He just didn't look left. Yeah, yeah. Hey, props, though, to Randy Fickner for listening to us from last week because I know he's, a, he's an avid listener of the show. <laughs> and, um, and you know, trying to work more passing to set up the run instead of running to set up the pass. So I, it looked to me like he was trying and he was he was trying to be creative. I honestly don't think I, I, I think we need to look into bringing in someone else to help with the offensive line. I, I just don't think there's continuity there. You know, there's I, it just they don't they they're, and it's so weird, you know, because their pass blocking is fantastic. Again, a great, great day um, pass pass protecting Ben, you know, but they're as good as they are in pass blocking. That's how bad they are in run blocking. Yeah, that's that's what that's what my rant was about, though. I think, you know, just let's just give up. Let's 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 use the pass blocking to an advantage. Let's let's just do little dump offs into I don't know. I mean, if the team just does, it does not respect the run at all. Can you have any success in the NFL? No, but you pass, pass, and then you do, you do your little screens, your dump offs, your, you know, yeah. your running back wheel routes, your flats, and then and then throughout the game, the 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 defense will back off, and you'll start getting more favorable box counts, and then you can start pounding, you know, up the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see, that's what you know. We can pass to set up the run, but. Yeah, I, it doesn't seem like that's happening. Like that, that first and twenty plays an example of that. You, you know, that's not doing that. That's just trying to. I don't know what that was. What was that? There's times though, guys, where we have a nice matchup in the box. There's times that we had seven, seven blocking six, or 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 yeah. And and like we had the nice matchups, but it was weird. There was times when they would just double team a guy and completely forget about the second level linebacker. It's like the linebacker is just going to stand five yards back and wait for Connor to come to him. No, these guys are these guys are aggressive. They're athletes, right? They're going to fill that hole fast, you know. So I, I just it was weird. Some of the scheme was weird, but I think more of it was was actually you know execution, um, poor execution. Probably DeCastro's worst game I may have ever seen him play, and and Connor, one of Connor's worst games I've ever seen. Mm. Do you think at this point tackle is a need, a big need for the upcoming draft? Uh, offensive tackle for that? Yeah, draft? yeah. Um, it depends what happens with Villanueva. I mean, he, you know, he's he's eligible for, for free agency next year. And there's, there's talk that depending on what the cap is that, you know, by these cap experts that I hear, uh, they, they don't think the Steelers will be able to afford to sign him depending on course. It's a, it's all about what the cap ends up being. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, so even, even if, even if they manage to keep big L, no, I don't think, think so. Cause you really? have Al and you have a healthy banner. I think we're good. Our problem more right now is interior. Filer plays. Okay. Pouncey's not having his greatest season, but he's okay. Um, and DeCastro's not having his best season. I think we're, I think we're failing more on the, but then you, then you've got Dotson in the, in the sidelines. Well, there you go. That's the, that's the question. I mean, <laughs> you know, do you take out your all pro guard who's probably not playing great right now and and put the kid in there i mean it's kind of blasphemy right you would you wouldn't think <laughs> yeah. to do something like that and our tight end situation you know mcdonald didn't play that hurt us but he's not even a great blocker but he's he's better he's the best we have and the tight end blocking wasn't great you know sunday either 
Yeah. This is the problem. Coming out of college at the moment, there's no all-round tight ends. You're getting a lot of pass-catching tight ends or very specific blocking tight ends. So it's almost like you need to play two all the time. I mean, look at look how much it's hurt the Ravens losing Hayden Hurst and now Nick Boyle as well. They're down to one. They're down to uh, Mark Andrews, and they're, they're, it's not producing for them. Not it's not working. So, I mean, there's a good class for tight. It's just, I think, I think this is where where the Steelers are going to have to. If they don't go quarterback, they're going to have to try and fix the run game. And you either go tackle or 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 you know guard interior or or tight end to try and fix that. And people saying they need to draft another running back. I don't think that's the solution. I I, I think it's more in more up front when we need to need help. Right. You know, this game, I, I would have, I would agree with you up until this game. Um, it's There's an argument there. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying that there's an argument. You know, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad game by Connor. I, I yeah, I, I, that's what I'm putting it down to. I think we've seen that Connor can produce given, you know, favorable situations before. I just whether this was an off game for him and it didn't matter. Steelers won. But, um, I mean, you look, you look at the draft class at the, the, you know, the running back draft class from this year gone. I mean, who's... Who's been a real success? There's not really been any. The most successful Gibson. running back, rookie, yeah, Gibson, or or, or who, who are the, the guy we're going to see this week, James Robinson, who is undrafted. Yeah. I mean, and, and Swift, you know, is, is starting to come on. You could argue that Dobbins has done well, but none of them you'd spend a first-round pick apart from Swift probably. None of them you'd, you'd think, let's have a, you know, an early round. You'd think, let's wait. Let's wait on and get a guy that can. So I, I, I don't get this argument about drafting a running back. It does, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't think I would either that early. Maybe later. Um, Rich, tell me more about um, uh, what Derek Watt because I'm kind of interested in in that because I mean you talk about Rosie Nix last season when he went out injured and then came back, he had a, a you know a heavy influence on improving this run game. So we were all excited to see what Derek Watt could do, and, and he's not sort of producing when he's on the field. No, he had. There were three instances I can I can think of where he just did not make his block. You know, and it was and it wasn't uh, it wasn't that he didn't know the proper scheme. That didn't look like it to me. Like I said, I don't have their playbook, but um, he just missed his block completely. You know, it was just execution. Um, very disappointing because you know um, that's what we were we were hoping to get. You know, great special teams work from him, which we do. He's always involved in the tackle on special teams. We, but we got that. We got that yeah. with the uh, yeah. We got that. I think it was his play that set up the uh, was it Adonai the punch out or whatever it was yeah. on the on the. Yeah, that was. It, I think it was down to Watt's destructive run straight up the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really nice play, but you know the run blocking Sunday was atrocious by him. I was really, really bad. I mean, that's that was the type of game where you see somebody you know replaced. You know, if you have a guy on the practice squad that you want to give a shot. I mean, because it looked bad. But they were using him in the kind of tight end. You know, on the on the on the end role rather than in the sort of lead blocking role right and i think three times. he was kind of out kind of out of position well three times he was lead blocker he they they did 22 personnel twice and i think they did 23 personnel one time i think um but yeah there there were times when he was definitely more that tight end which they're you know when they run in a 13 or 14 personnel they they have a lot of guys up there that aren't used to being in that yeah, position I mean, that, that's a different that's coming out of a three-point stance in yeah. facing up again you know that's different to what he's used to which is you know hitting the hole right as, as a lead blocker it's different but yeah I, I, yeah it, 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 maybe it's just shaking the rust off 
Yeah, yeah hopefully. I hope so. You know, everybody has a bad game, and maybe we just had a few guys that decide to have their, their bad game all this on the same game. But, you know, again, thankfully we have great receivers. We have, we have a line that has great pass-blocking ability, and we have a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, let's talk about – you want to talk any more about the run game, Gav, or should we talk about those receivers? I think we flogged the run game to death, don't you? I'm not sure we've <laughs> solved anything, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you? What about you, Sai? Where, where do you sit on this? So, did you give an opinion there, or did you just? Well, I think what Rich us... has told us is, is very interesting because that that kind of, you know what Rich highlighted to me there is is looking at the uh, just looking at the the runs that were made. A lot of that comes on chunk yardage, right? In terms of James Connor's production. You know, he gets. You say he gets a sixteen yarder there, Rich, and uh, yeah. a few in the high single digits. He's always that's been a little bit like that. Though, that's where always. his yardage yeah. comes from. He, there's, there's no consistency there, and, that, and that's on the old line, right? But it's uh, yeah, very interesting. I, I remember when the game started in the first quarter. I, I texted you guys. I was like, "Is uh, is James Conner okay today? He seems to be running in strange directions." <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, well, I, I think that was. I remember when you texted that. I think that was the the play me and Rich are talking about, where there was a big hole, and he just yeah. he just ran the wrong way. It was like, what are you doing? Well, you know what's yeah. interesting, guys. They, they, the Steelers um, last year they were really bad at third at, at, at short yardage, mm. converting on short yardage. Um, they, I think they were last in the league, and this year we're we're on um, third and short. I think we're like twenty fifth in the league, where we converted fifty percent, right? But at third and six or f- longer, we're at forty-eight <laughs> percent. So, so, so our long conversion, you know, is is almost as good as our short, and that's a problem. And this is something that I had heard uh, over the weekend that I didn't realize. I don't know if you guys heard it, but the Steelers broke a record this past weekend. Did you know that? No, what's that? This is the first time in Steeler history, in the history, like all the bad teams in the early days that we've had. This is the first time in history that they've gone three straight games rushing under 50 yards as a team. First time ever. That's not good. But, you know, they're doing so many passing yards that, you know, Ben had over 300, yeah, 333. You know, it's replacing the run run game, right? And that's the the modern game. Uh, there's something, something to be said for that. I mean, yeah, you still, you know, you still want, like, you know, like we said, you still want to, you're still hoping to loosen up the defense with the pass so you can get, you can get the running game going because it is nice to keep a team off guard because, you know, what does Belichick do better than anyone? He takes away what you do best. So when we play a team that does that and can, and can make it really difficult for Ben to throw the ball or have any time to throw the ball, now we're, now we don't have anywhere to turn. You know, it could be it could be a, a a big problem. Yeah, well, it could be the uh, oh, geez, sorry, my neighbour's just doing something crazy upstairs. It could be more that the um the weather takes it away, like we saw at the start of the game. The That's weather nice. takes away the passing offense. There was there was nothing to go. I think I said to you guys, like, oh, I wish I wish uh, Dobbs was active because at least he could come in and do something rather than you know Mason's not going to come in in a high wind game. So that that is a concern because you do kind of tend to need that run game. You know, January. You know, freezing conditions, hail, wind, snow, all that. Yeah. So that that is, yeah. I mean, look what happened, kind of time. ironically, with the Ravens this week, right? They needed a fourth quarter drive, and uh, the gods decided to descend <laughs> upon that game, oh, and they right. had no chance. That I was... heard an interesting thing that uh, the Patriots are the only team that practice in the rain. Most other teams, if it starts raining 
they, they go into their you know temperature controlled bubble to practice continue patriots they stay out there in the rain they practice so they, they you know they, they know how to handle that well uh, let's let's, uh, let's see how it goes yeah. against the Jags run defense, which isn't a great deal better this week. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, let's talk about this receiving core. Uh, and we had three wide receivers go for over 20 points in fantasy this week, so let's do something fun. Um, I'm going to let you all pick a receiver that you want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> we'll let Dave go first. I've not heard from Dave in a while. Who, who did you like this week? You know, it, it's so hard to choose. <laughs> it's like and... choose one of your babies. It's it's like yeah, it's, which which is your favorite child? Dave's you know, choice. You, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with my uh, my current favorite in Juju. He, he's really, I, I said it a few weeks ago. He's, he's cemented that that role again now, of tough you know tough catch tough guy makes those extra yards with his with his sort of his force of will really. Once the ball's in his hands, he's he's getting past those sticks whether whether someone's in the way or not. And um, yeah, I, I, I think um, a few people are now sort of shouting, "Keep Juju next season." And um, th- these are people who probably weren't last season. They're probably people going, oh, "Do we really need him? You know, is he really worth the worth the cap?" And yeah, he is. He's, he's worth keeping around now. It's and, and I don't think that ever. I don't think it was ever a thought in my mind that he was going to be going because it's sort of a yeah it didn't really make sense to you know for one bad season where it's sort of everyone's having a bad season it makes sense to just go right get him out the door and he's he's replied he's reprised that role again now as as tough guy over the middle let me ask you a question then dave because um one person who juju hasn't convinced clearly is uh freddie who you know who runs the the other nfl group (laughs) um who you know had an argument with me this week and said that juju's replaceable although he's he told me that he didn't say that but he did i have it in writing um and that he would keep bud over juju wait wait wait. are you are you uh (laughs) laying in the the, the final kick in a fight that happened somewhere else where the guy isn't here to reply no no this is perfectly reasonable (laughs) this is what sad does he he does this he did this for the last what was the last argument that he did this with (laughs) the the jordan berry argument wasn't it yeah um, well that's gonna come come later but um hey listen don't worry freddie doesn't listen to this show because he told me that everything you know every time he's i say something he knows it's bullshit so that um, was a, a very mean <laughs> statement, and I thought that was unwarranted. <laughs> anyway, um, he says that Juju. Well, whether he, I don't think he's meant to say that Juju was replaceable, but but what he meant was that he would keep um, Bud Dupree over Juju. Where, where do you sit on that right now? If you had to choose one of your babies, I mean, this is another hard decision. And Bud's someone who I've loved for a few seasons, and Juju as well. It, it's it's hard to choose between your babies, but I'd I'd hope in an ideal world that maybe both can stay. Oh, um, is, is your ass sore from that fence you've been sitting on, Dave? Yeah, a little bit. But um, <laughs> I think um, with with the the guys they've drafted in the likes of Highsmith, I think he was sort of in the back of their mind maybe filling in Bud's role. And he, you've seen him get a lot of snaps. And he's, he's, he's you know, he, he is uh, making plays and he's come up with a a pick and a, a sack here and there and it's sort of yeah he, he he's showing himself to have that have that ability to maybe fill in for bud if he was to go so yeah at the moment i'd i'd side with juju unfortunately i say unfor- unfortunately is the wrong word i know what you but, mean uh, yeah but my only point this week was that uh, it wasn't 
you know, I, I didn't even bring up Bud Dupree, so I've made it quite unfair on you by even presenting you with a question because I didn't even answer it. But uh, my point this week was that I think Juju's shown that he's not replaceable. He does he does a job that the other receivers we we have can't do. Yeah. Maybe James Washington is is the kind of the dark horse that could kind of fill that role in. I don't know if anyone disagrees with that, but um, if you you know if you had, if you absolutely had to, but. Uh, I don't know. I just think he does something that these guys don't do, and unless you're confident you can go out and get a guy like that in the draft, which is you know, be pretty damn difficult to do, uh, yeah. he's not a guy you can just you know pluck off the old player tree and, and send away and think that everything's going to roll on as normal. He's a reliable dude. So um, yeah, I, I do wonder how much uh, Bud is is profiting from having TJ on the other side. You know, his yeah. his production took a big jump when when TJ took a big jump. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm leaning towards Juju at this point. I don't know, man. You, you look you look at the. I mean, we're not even on the defense at the moment. We're talking defense again. But um, <laughs> with, the, with the way Bud's playing the run, and as, as we've sort of flogged in the in previous uh, episodes, it's it's been he's playing to his strengths now. And I, I, I don't. There's probably a little bit of a factor of, of TJ on the other side, but he's doing. You can see him on his side doing his thing and 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 working to his strength. So I can't be I can't really say it's totally because what's on the other side filling in for those shortcomings. I don't know if I can get on that. On don't, that don't get me wrong. I mean, Bud's a very athletic dude. He's he's powerful. He's quick. You know, um, he, he's a talented guy. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just I'm just saying that he's not. I think I think if without TJ. We'd we we'd still be questioning how good Bud is, but I think he he can he can profit from from the the fact that the, that offensive line that you're facing is absolutely terrified of TJ Watt and is completely focused on blocking him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I think you know that that was hard for me to put you on the spot there, Dave, to to choose that. So yeah. let's let's move away from Bud Dupree. Um, and it's good to know that, uh, you know, it's not just me. Freddie probably thinks that we all talk bullshit now because multiple people have said Juju. Um, so <laughs> Gav, uh, have you got a receiver that you'd like to talk about? Now, Juju's been taken off the board. I was hoping you were going to go somewhere else because I'm struggling oh, with the fact okay. that Rich, we'll, we'll Rich go. It, sounds, it sounds like they've lit a propane jet engine up there. I don't know if you can hear it if I stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to fade myself down again and let someone else talk and okay. hope that he stops doing whatever the hell he is he's doing. That is a strange noise. You may want to check on your, your upstairs neighbour. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, Rich, wow. over to you. Okay. Well, I uh, love Juju, like like Dave says, for all the reasons that D- Dave mentioned. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, Deontay Johnson. He um, he just adds a factor that none of the other receivers have, and it's really interesting because they all seem to complement one another. He just he has that that quick maneuverability that at, at, at like uh, you know he who shall not be named had with had with us. <laughs> He just there was one play he caught a short pass and he had one on one with the uh, defender and just made a quick move inside and then popped it back outside and the guy just the guy just basically stood there and he just blew by him it was it was so so nice a, a move and I don't think any of our other receivers are capable of that so he really he fills a nice role for the Steelers you know with that s- slippery movement he has just really um really impressive to watch. I don't know if it's the same play, but there was the one play where it was, I think it was William Jackson, who I think quite a lot of Steelers nationwide 
the Steelers to draft at some point, uh, playing cornerback for the Bengals. He was so he was playing so soft on 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 Deontay that Deontay just had like it looked like about seven yards he was playing off him, and and obviously Ben saw that he was wide open in the flat, threw to him, and then the guy just looked terrified to tackle him. He he just sort of didn't want to commit because he thought that if he if he tried to tackle him he was going to juke him. So so. Deontay just ran around him and, and got another sort of six, seven yards. I don't know if that's the play you're talking about, but it was, I've never seen anything like it. So it's, like, it's just so scared of him. And, yeah. that, and that's what he brings, isn't it? That, that, that fear of what is, what, is, what is he capable of. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we've seen that with, with Brown, if you remember. He used to do the same thing. Guys, guys would pl- be so cautious playing him because they know he's, he's, he can break that big play at any moment. And I think, I think that's what Deontay can do as well, you know. So he 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 fills a nice role, you know, for the Steelers. In in, in, a, in a perfect world, you know, we can re-sign Juju, we can sign Deontay at some point, and we can sign Claypool at some point, and we can keep these three together. Um, because the, the the thing is, depending on their attitudes, you know what how you know how bad how bad they they want the big money, um, has a lot to do with it. Uh, because they all kind of cancel one another out. Like you won't really see. You, I don't think you're going to see anybody emerge like a Jerry Rice type numbers or a Randy Moss type numbers because they're all capable of getting open. They're all capable of doing the job. So they may all be good, but not fantastic. So that might keep their 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 possible salary numbers a little lower than it would normally if they were just a standout on on another team. Maybe. I don't know. I think Washington's the odd guy out, although I think he does a great job as well. But I think in the end, you know, he would probably be the odd guy out. But it'd be it'd be fantastic to see them keep all these guys together for a few years at least. Don't you wish you could just take Washington's hands and put them on Deontay Johnson's everything else, because I think Washington's got the best hands on this team, and um and and Deontay Johnson probably out of the four of them has got the worst. Right, we've seen there's a lot of sort of tip passes and you know turnover worthy. Claypool's up players. there. He, Claypool's up there. I'm not sure who between him and Claypool. He he had another one. Ben Ben had a fireball to him. And uh, and it just went right through his hands. I mean, Ben's zinging the ball, man. I think that's the strongest I've ever seen his arm in a game. He was just throwing ropes. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Deontay doesn't have the greatest hands. Um, but maybe, maybe, like you say, you just made me think. Maybe that's they are. This is both of them. They're both rookies with Ben, effectively, because DJ hardly played with Ben last year. So maybe it's both of them. You know, everyone throws the ball slightly differently. They're just getting used to to Ben's balls. If that's not a a weird thing to say. Yeah, could be. Uh, phrasing. Is it, is it, is it um, do you think it's lack of concentration with DJ, with his hands like bricks, not playing with soft hands? Uh, I think he's ahead or, of himself, and he sometimes mentally. I mean, who, who might I say? I mean, if Ben threw me a pass, all you'd hear is the dull thud as the ball hits my chest. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, um, we've said in the past about DJ maybe having sort of lapses in, in concentration. I think maybe. I think maybe it is that bit of that. Maybe he's sort of, as I say, maybe a bit ahead of himself, or maybe giving up a little bit. I don't know. It 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 can't be technique. How many passes? How many balls has the guy caught? If you don't know how to catch a ball by now, you're struggling. But um, not that he's he can't. He's got the cricket hands, is he? Not got the cricket hands. So yeah, to, he's saying he's not playing time. with soft hands. Whether it's it, it feels like like a concentration to me. But it, it's just not. Not for, he, he, like you just said, he's getting ahead of himself. He's already thinking about going downfield before he's even caught the damn thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, that must, that's got to be a coachable trait, right? 
You hope so. I mean, there's a, there's other traits that are, are harder to teach, and he's he's explosive in so many other areas that you think, yeah, maybe that was something that will improve with time. Hopefully. Um, does that does that leave me with Claypool? Well, it does. Yeah, I was going to ask you though. I mean, how's it going in the reservoir? Uh, it's still bad. Yeah, I'm still trying to work out what the hell's going on out there, and I'm wondering if it's going to stop anytime soon. But let's just say that Claypool's having an amazing rookie season, and um, I don't think any of us expected this kind of production. I think he's ah. It stopped. Hey, rejoice, um, listeners! Your ears are yeah. saved. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, our imagination can run wild. Um, I think he surpassed um, Martavis Bryant's rookie season. I remember that being awesome. The second half of just this explosive number two, you know, fast receiver that was tall and could you know be a massive red zone threat. He's he's ahead of that. He's, he, he, I think he's you know the sky's the limit for this guy. The, the route running, the the extension, the, the acrobatics, the, the come plays out the backfield. I mean, it's just so exciting, and I just yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more out of him. You know, the, 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 all the comparisons to Calvin Johnson or um, you know various other amazing receivers that we've seen throughout the history of the NFL. He could, he, this guy could could set new highs. I think. Did you hear Mark Tavis Bryant's quote? <laughs> I did. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What the heck? Uh, what did he say? He came out and said he was the fastest. He'd be faster than any player on this team, right? What? Yeah, basically, yeah. 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 But who's got a job, right? Martavis. <laughs> I know there's a lot of hate for Martavis Bryant. I I really like my in in his rookie season in the next and those, did, those yeah. early couple of years. Yeah, hey, what that, a player that, he was. That somersault catch is one of my favourite memories, you know, of the, of the last few years against the Bengals. I think, right. I think it's more about people are are disgusted more than hate yeah. because it's so much untapped potential. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I genuinely think with Claypool, just as a, a, a finish, a final optimistic statement that Claypool, if if he, on this trajectory we're talking, we're talking Calvin Johnson, we're talking Randy Moss, we're Ooh. talking that kind of level. I think if if he continues to progress, I mean progression isn't linear. You know, he can just he could plateau from from now onwards, and we you know it would be a disappointment. But if he continues to improve, I think he could be that level. Ooh, the there you go. That's a bit of optimism <laughs> for you there. Yeah. I um I get almost a bit greedy when I watch Claypool. What's that noise? You hear that? I can. It sounds. No, Stop. My neighbor Stop. got into it's the. It's all uh, kicking off today. Gremlins in the back. <laughs> um, the thing with Claypool, I feel greedy watching him because I just want, I want him to be even more involved. You know, <laughs> I know it's so early. I'm, I'm just like, throw this dude the ball even more. But you know, I mean, he had uh, ten targets, ten, ten targets, yeah, yeah, four, four, four receptions, fifty six yards. I think of some of them you know, deep that, balls as well. You know, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm just like, oh, God, I wish we could get this guy the ball on every drive. But, yeah, and a couple of deep balls thrown his way. You know. If, if you just just needs to haul in a couple of those and his his yardage totals go through the roof. Yeah, I liked seeing. You know, I've, I've got on Ben a number of times for you know throwing the deep ball in the wrong uh, wrong uh, situations, game situations, right? And of course, the first drive, he <laughs> that's what he did. But he made up for it the rest of the game. Of course, he played great. But I liked seeing him when the game was in control in the second half. He tried to get that. Uh, that continuity going with Claypool, and he threw the deep ball a lot. 
and and um and, and that was nice because that's that, that's what i talk about that's the right situation you can get away with it at that point so go ahead do it you know but um he threw one i mean he hit him i think it was claypool he hit in stride beautifully i mean what his prettiest deep pass of the year i think just really oh, nice. the, oh the beautiful rainbow that was that was the dj the, the sideline okay. the sideline okay. yeah yeah that, that was that was awesome yeah that that's was amazing great. that was that was like uh yeah peak ben that was no, unfortunately, he threw three deep shots to Claypool, and they all they all were failures. The first one though was great route running by Claypool, absolute awesome separation. Um, that's a real shame. But what I did I did think about Ben was I think not quite the deep shots, but like that that slight that sort of medium long shot. They they look much better this game. Yeah. So I think I think he's he's working back into his arm strength. I, I don't think it's like a breeze situation where the arm arm strength's gone or the deep deep ball accuracy's gone forever. I just think it's I think he I think he can get it back. I'm confident. I'm not saying it's gonna be like Russell Wilson, but you know, we can we can see I think we can see peak Ben again. Hmm. Uh, and then just to round off the receivers we got uh James, James Washington had a couple of grabs. He had one nice grab just after that DJ grab um actually Gav the uh, the long that set up the touchdown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's kind of been, you know, pushed into that fourth receiver zone, unfortunately, because, you know, he brings a lot to the table. We can't spend forever gushing about him. Uh, and Ebron uh, makes a nice grab. I thought, you know, he had a bit of a, a rough day blocking along with all the, you know, uh, along with all the run blocking, which we've talked already about. But, uh, you know, he, he's going to continue doing what he's doing. Uh, and I think he's the I love, guy. I love the seam, the seam shot that he, he had. The, the, you know, classic, yeah. you know, like Heath Miller style. But the, the, the route running on that was majestic. Just a little one way and go, and then back the other. Just get the space. Just you know, force force to have two defenders, force them both wide, and just take the middle space. And Ben just hit him in stride perfectly. That's a lovely play. Yeah, uh, I think in fairness that he's the guy that Freddie was pointing to. It was like you know, this is this is the reliable third down guy. Yeah, that's true. But I, I don't know if you can just rely on Eric Ebron. But uh, oh, that's what this that's what this offense is about now. You know, the air raid. You have you feed. Multiple guys, multiple yeah. targets, and you know you don't have a running back. That's or a running back, you know, getting hard yards through the middle. That's yeah. that's that's what it looks like this offense is becoming. So let's embrace please, it. Please, uh, you know, you please all the fantasy owners of the the Pittsburgh wide receivers rather than just one. Uh, okay, let's let's rattle through this because I can't believe how much time we spent talking about the uh, the offense. <laughs> we managed to. I thought it was going to be like an episode where we we're like in and out under an hour because of the uh, you know blowout cupcake. And then uh, kebab corner in out gone, but but never mind. Uh, defense. Um, I thought Tyson Alulu back on the D line made a clear sort of difference maker being back. We said this last week, right when he was out and we struggled. Um, he he, you know he, Gio Bernard wasn't really rolling throughout the game. We had some trouble late with uh, what's his name, P Ryan, uh, Samaje P Ryan, but but that's when the backups were in. But yeah, that's late in the game. That's 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 garbage time so uh yeah i thought i thought the d-line you know it's not big in the box but box score but uh a, a nice solid game run stopping and uh yeah kind of similar i think i messaged you guys yeah i thought i messaged you guys i thought they had a quiet game and, and, and sometimes that's a, a good sign mm. you know they they weren't they weren't showing up they're just taking care of business yeah the mm. pressure was there obviously because burrow was being hounded left right and center right but they were all coming for him yeah and it, you know he's savvy barry savvy enough to um not take the sack and you know, not throw a pick under pressure and all that kind of stuff, but just you could tell, you know, that, that he wasn't he wasn't comfortable at all 
you know, he was spooked. He was, you know, trying to get rid of the ball quick when things weren't there for him. So he was, he was, he was feeling it. You know, great statement, great way to open up. Yeah. Welcome to your future matchups. You know, twice a year you're going to be seeing this. <laughs> you know, he's going to be dreading it next time. So yeah. it was a great start. Joe Burrow was not prepared for the hammer to be brought down. But, uh, you know, our boys TJ and, and Bud had a nice game. TJ, two more sacks. Bud gets one as well, talking about him. Um, he yeah, he was just disrupted all day. I was impressed, though, you know, in fairness to Joe Burrow, he ends up with uh, some some decent yardage. He has some nice plays to T. Higgins, who we talked about, right, who was, uh, I thought, he, the best player. I mean, uh, that, that is a, yeah, that is a connection yeah. we're going to see for the next decade or so. What a great player, Higgins. I mean, uh, running, running free... Repeatedly through the through the defense again seems to be the the one Achilles heel of this right this, this defense is the the free running yep. person who just splits the defense right I, down the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say <laughs> talking about the secondary, I was ready to blast the secondary after that happened. <laughs> but to be <laughs> fair, after that happened, they had a really solid, a really good game. To be fair, I thought everyone uh, individually had a great game. I thought Hayden was everywhere. I thought he had an excellent game. Um, I thought he just shut down sort of one side of the field. Basically, it was over. Um, he was showing up in past past defenses and all over the place, and then making big plays. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, Minker and uh, Edmonds both had great games. I thought they, they well, they both led the team in tackles, but Edmonds was uh, you know showing up a lot. So yeah, I thought it was a good a good day overall for the second. And Can Sutton, of course, gets the fumble on T Higgins. So again, mm-hmm. which I've been talking about, he's been going to the TJ school of tackling. So. Yeah, he's showing up. Sutton's, Sutton's showing up. Edmund's maturing nicely as as a first round pick. I think Def- I think you know the the slow development, but he's he's hitting form at the right time. You know, it's just a damn shame that he doesn't make splash plays because if he did, he, he you know he'd I think be a fan he is. favorite. I think he, I no, think no, no, he no. Been. I'm talking splash plays. I'm talking you know plays that get the fans excited. You know, I think he's made a couple. I, I think this has been an absolute upgrade for his performance I you think know, he's made he had difference one, making plays he had one that was in his hands I was like oh just make that play make it Edwin's you're in <laughs> you're in the club already just just grab the ball but he's making he's he's, he's affecting the run game and, and being good in coverage just, solid in coverage I totally agree so. I'm just saying I just think it would do a lot to endear him to the fans that's all what you want you want to pick six for Edmonds I want to pick six saying? for Edmonds that's, that's going to be next that's going to be next week's uh, bold prediction <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, uh, did you notice on the on the sack how how TJ got the sack? Who 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 did the, the garbage man role in that in that sack? It was Mondo. He he, <laughs> he he destroyed a double team and they they did a nice stunt. So so TJ stunted behind Mondo as as the uh, poor suffering uh, Bengals O lineman tried to stop Mondo beating the hell out of them. So yeah, so props to Mondo. Mondo train keeps on rolling. Um, on Mondo or whatever it is they Mondu, do that guy yeah. was Mondo Mondo get your cheese and, and Mondo uh, Spillane and Vince another nice physical day I thought they helped in the run game as well um, I thought Vince nearly killed a man at one point <laughs> uh, Vince is capable of that yeah so he just came, came out of nowhere I, th- I think it was P-Ride actually towards the end of the game he just like nailed him uh, I think Spillane got a sack as well. Uh, you, you, we see anything out of anyone? See anything? I, I can't say I, I noticed it a great deal, but Marcus Allen and Avery Williamson both got some run at the end of the game. Anyone see anything? Well, I tell, you, I tell you, who had a lot of run, and I think turn the turn the turntables of Mike over to Dave. We saw a hell of a lot of uh, Antron Brooks. I was just about to mention it but when I had a chance. Yeah, I was really happy to see he's he had forty three percent of defensive snaps he played. Wow, how many? I did not notice that. 
he played that many. He played and, a hell of a load, yeah. And it's, I mean, he, he's he's had uh, Cam Sutton singing his praises and other guys, and you know he's only activated from the practice squad. I was like, going to say, yeah, two weeks really, ago. What's his position? He played Over, overhang. Yeah, he's sort of playing that similar role to Cam Sutton, really, sort of hybrid role, I, I suppose. Sorry, sort of... I, I meant um, position as in, is, is he on the practice squad being elevated for a week and going back down, or is he... Is oh, he I see, right. I th- as far as I'm aware, he can't be put back on the practice squad now. Okay. He has to be activated to the 53. I, I, I might be wrong, but as far as I'm aware, that's the situation with him. But um, prior to that, he played five special team snaps against the Cowboys, and he's been given a heavily increased role now obviously I mean 43% of snaps is that's a lot for a, a rookie who's just been activated from the practice practice squad you know um, but you know as far I mean I haven't looked deep into tape I, don't, I haven't looked at all the um, I every single one of his snaps so I can go into it if you want Dave I was very impressed with what he did um, yeah from yeah. from from that from that overhang position in the in the two minute drill uh he, 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 we saw we saw we saw what we talked about on tape. We saw urgency and power, and I, I like that. It was encouraging. And we saw, in, 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 he did one. He dropped into coverage and he and he flipped his hips. You know, like where he he drops bails and then flipped his hips around to cover the receiver and yeah. and, and blanketed the guy and the, and it was just completely shutting down. And then again on a tight end as well, he shut down in coverage in the tight end. So basically, you didn't you didn't notice him because he he was blanketing in coverage. Beautifully, so well, I, I was is, really encouraged what I saw. This is it. You sort of you look at the stat sheet, and he's got a solo tackle and assisted tackle. You know, and for a guy who coming out of the draft was a hard tackling safety, who you thought would just be playing against the run, they they're using him on pass plays, and he's that's not his that's not his strength. He's not particularly fast. I mean, he's I mean he's a, he's faster than any of us, but he's, he's as safeties go, he's not massively fast. But he's from what I saw on on watching him. He didn't really blow any coverages. He was playing tight to his man, you know, sort of reading the game really well. He didn't really look like he was ever out of his depth. So yeah, I'm I'm massively encouraged. I'm 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 glad that my sort of going into the draft excitement about him is sort of paying off now. But it's not for the reasons that I was excited about him. When you look at his college tape, he's like a human torpedo. He's just flying at guys, and he, he was, in my opinion, he was the strongest tackler out of all the safeties in the draft. Um, maybe that's a bit of a hot take, but stronger than Jeremy Chin. I felt that he at the time. Good. I remember thinking that at the time, but maybe I'm biased in my in my love of him. But um, but yeah, and it's for the exact opposite reasons now that I'm I'm enjoying watching him. It's for the what, reasons what that does I didn't he, think I'd like him for. What does he need to do for you to go on to DH Gate and order a Brooks jersey? Brooks jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. A, a few, a few really nice hits, a couple of, couple of picks or something. Pop, pop someone's helmet off on a. On yeah, a just Hang a really, just a really nice sort of highlight reel hit on someone. That'd be really nice. I'm gonna hold you to that. I look forward to seeing it on Facebook <laughs> where you're wearing your, wearing your Brooks heck, jersey. I mean, heck, if if he if he you know really does cement a role, I'm, I'm I'd go full you know full stitch jersey, man. That's I'm 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 high on the on the ABJ. It's encouraging, man, because he was he was in in a lot of packages with Marcus Allen at the same time, and mm. Marcus Allen's been with the team a long time. They're both both kind of safeties that are playing down in, like you say, sort of almost dime backers or like like the overhang or whatever you want to call it, like kind of split split uh, coverage linebackers almost in the mm. in the in the dime package. 
And I thought Brooks outplayed Allen, and Allen's been there a while. So it's, that's encouraging. I mean, I don't know if you saw, Marcus Allen got absolutely savaged at the end of the game in that uh, when they went prevent and Bernard, who actually dropped the ball, but he just juked him in, out of out of the stadium, basically. That was, that was well, an you, awkward moment. That that was a really weird play. I, I, I know the one you're talking about, Gav. I watched it a lot. He didn't even put a great move on him. It looked like he just... With his footwork, he took like three or four extra steps for some reason, and he put himself way out of position. That was an odd, odd play, and I I didn't understand that whole thing at all. It was really weird. I mean, it was a pretty simple cut in. It wasn't even yeah. a great Barry Sanders move or anything, and he just he took himself right out of position with his footwork. It was really strange. Yeah, it was very strange. But I'll tell you who we saw come in at the end, and I made a couple of nice downhill tackles and maybe reminded the coaches why they drafted him originally was Sean Davis. I don't know if you noticed him with the white sleeves. He kind of turned up and you could instantly spot him. But he made he made a couple of plays. And I think, you know, Sean Davis, quite a great depth. I think we've gone from, you know, terrible safety a couple of years ago to having a really strong safety depth at the moment. So you know, I don't think you know that's a position of need in this upcoming draft at all with what they've got. If everyone's back and you know, it's good, I'm, I was pleased with what I saw there. Awesome, um, Rich. Anything, anything you want to add on, on the defensive side or? Um, yeah, I thought you know, thank God Keith Butler did not roll out that three-four against eleven personnel with. Bud going out to cover the receiver or TJ going out to cover the receiver. Good Lord. I'd have lost my, uh, I'd have lost it. But um, it was really interesting. We played the first half. We played our base defense once the whole first half. One time we were in nickel and a dime coverage the whole time. And um, I guess it, they didn't, they respected Burrow much more than they respected the running game without Mixon in there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how we handle uh, coming going forward with uh, with the Jaguars and the Ravens coming up, who both are good running teams, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we handle that. I really hope we don't go back to that weird that weird uh, three four. Uh, but um, I thought that I thought Spillane did not have a great game. Looking at his tape, he got he 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 has trouble shedding blocks. Um, and then and it really it really stood out to me Avery Williamson late in the game shed his block really nicely and made a play. One of the last plays, running plays of the game. He made a really nice play. But Spillane, I think there was three times he just had trouble shedding his block and they had decent runs through his through his gap. And then one time he just got pancaked completely by the guard. I mean, just mowed him over. Um, but other than that, he's he's still pretty good in pass uh, coverage. I th- a lot better than I really expected. Um, it but- feels like the linebacker core is full of role players in a way rather than that bush you just leave out there right but it feels like williamson brings that kind of side I, we saw it the, the, the tackle you talk i think the tackle you talk one of the tackles he made was really nice sideline to sideline play right that yeah. he made yeah. um so it feels like they've got options there they got brooks allen you know obviously vince is kind of like the pass rush guy and then and then Spillane kind of does some things in the in the underneath zone that are quite nice. So it feels it feels like they've got like a cast of characters there that that, that, that can see through. So I'm not too worried about. The, yeah. you know, it'd be nice to have Bush back, but I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about 
the the run defense a little bit, but I, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's um, I, we're doing we're doing okay. And I and uh, I thought um, I thought Bud made a really amazing play late in the game when the um, the, the Bengals had the ball on their own three yard line and they set up a screen. And it was set up really well. And Bud's they're in a I think they're in a dime defense and Bud's rushing the quarterback and he reads the screen and he gets over there fast and makes the tackle. And that that would have been a big, big play. I mean, I don't know how much it really mattered in the game because we were killing them, but it was just an impressive it was an impressive read and an impressive speed to get over there and make the tackle. And I don't I don't I don't even know if he gained any yardage on the play, maybe a couple yards. But a really nice play by Bud. But um yeah, I mean, a, a good game. It's just surprising how much we played the nickel-dime defense. Um, but uh, I liked it. I actually liked seeing it better than what the alternative was. And they actually did the 3-4. Uh, um, I noticed a few times the the the, 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 um, what I, the thing that I mentioned last week was, hey, why don't they try 3-4 cover one when they go against 11 personnel if you're going to keep your – nickel defense on the on the sidelines and they actually butler actually did it and it actually worked out pretty well so it'll be i'm really interested to see how they handle um the uh, jaguars next week yeah they've, they've got some decisions to make when hilton's back right i mean where do you, you do they've got it's pretty multiple this defense they can go lots of different ways with it i mean it's what, what an amazing strength but i mean it, it, obviously you've got tj and the line and everything going you know the front seven as a whole but just what, what you do at the back it's it's uh, they've got a lot of options. It's exciting, you know. They can really tailor it to to the opposition. Well, it's the deepest defense I ever remember us having. I mean, it, it was really really deep. I mean, we have you know some nice uh, second string players that can f- jump in and fill in and not kill you. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. We should uh, mention before we move on. Mention the special teams um, after a bit of a disastrous week last week. The only real uh, botch being the, the the fake punt, but I'm almost glad that happened because now they can go and work on it in a game that matters. Um, I don't think that's that's too much of a cause for concern. Though. I'm sure they'll fix that. Uh, I'm going to talk about it. John Berry had a fantastic game, to be fair. <laughs> um, right now, listen. Before <laughs> what I don't understand about this, right, everyone. <laughs> Who was that aimed at? Jordan Berry. He had a great game. Fantastic. <laughs> he did have a great game. You know, he averaged only 50 yards a punt. He had four inside the 20 every time. Was you know, booming with a great hang time. Listen, it was a great game. But but what I don't understand, uh, you know, I'm taking this. It's about me, obviously. Um, people coming at me on Twitter and and you know on the social medias, at, seem to be conflating me criticising John and Berry with me wanting him to fail? Like, where did this come from? Uh, the only reason I criticised John Berry is because I wanted the Steelers punt game to succeed and for us to have a better field position game, which we did in this game. And if that's John and Berry doing that and he's improved, then that's a good thing. Why is everyone obsessed with me hating John and Berry? So you can see that at this point they made the right decision to cut Colquitt and the punt game looks improved. I mean, after two games, yeah. Okay. I mean, take that, Freddie. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, how can you have any other take than that, right? I mean, the, the the punt game has improved. That's great, but is that to say it's going to be like that in five weeks? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe so. But but the point is, why why am I like suddenly this guy who who is really upset when John Berry does well? I don't. 
<laughs> what, what do you think happened? Did 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 did, did Barry go off to the dojo, the, the, I, the, the I punting have, temple? And I have no idea. I can only yeah. assume that he, you know, rented, you know, some Indianapolis uh, studio apartment and hung out with uh, Pat McAfee for a week. It, it's hard to say. Yeah, it, Went to the Amazon, took some ayahuasca, and you know, <laughs> met his spirit animal, and discussed you know punting distances and angles. And did anyone spot come him back? On, he's improved. Did anyone spot him on Barstool Sports while he was away? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Listen, he's playing great. Long may it continue. Um, but you know, maybe chill out on the uh, you know having to tag the hate, the, every... the hate towards you. I think. Yeah. I think. We, I, think <laughs> I think you just need a little bit of space, don't you? That's what you're saying. <laughs> Like you, it's like, yeah, you're the host of a podcast, you know, international acclaimed podcast. But let, let let's back off a little bit, you know. There's people coming at you from, you know, with slings and arrows from every direction. Let's just lay off Simon a little bit, okay? Like, you know, you know, he, he's bringing you content, you know, he's, you know, he's bringing you entertainment. Let's just be thankful for that. You know, maybe some of his takes are a bit wrong, but you know, we can enjoy that together. Right? No, hang on. Right, hang on. What take was wrong about Jordan Berry? This is the other thing that's grinding my gears. What's the wrong take I ever had about Jordan Berry? People coming at me now being like, oh, Jordan Berry, oh, as if he was always great. Like, dude sucked. He did suck. It's just, I think you, you, you're a, you know, you've planted your flag in that Jordan Berry is terrible, and when he has a good game, people are going to come at you. That's when what. when uh, Mason Rudolph turns around and to be, turns out to be the next you know, Brett Favre, are we all going to jump on us again? Are we all going to start, or are we going to be reasonable then? You know, I, I don't know. Like, you know, you know when Jordan Berry duffs a punt for 20 yards in a few weeks' time, these people will be very quiet, oh, so I wouldn't exactly. get too upset. Sorry. Exactly. Anyway. I'm on board the John Berry train. Long may it continue. Okay. Clip that out and say <laughs> He says with gritted teeth. Um, Ray Ray <laughs> playing well, though. I thought, you know, nice, nice, exciting return for Ray Ray again. Yeah, he nearly had his touchdown, didn't he? His punt return touchdown. But was oh, so gutted, man. man. So gutted. I, I, I thought, oh, he's got open field there. He's gone. He's gone. And then, no. I, I, I don't know how many of you are like me are just thinking... This is a fumble. Here it comes. Every time. Every time he hits contact on those returns, I think, this is the time. This is the time. So I'm kind of bracing myself for the ball popping up. Hasn't happened yet. What are we? Week 10. 10 games. No fumble so far. Uh, Ola gets the fumble on the Bengals. So simmer down, Bills fans. That's what he's saying. Ola gets the fumble on the Bengals. That's a nice play by him. Uh, And Boz continues his great form. Three more. A couple of... Especially one that was kind of a difficult field goal. And uh, high wins. So... Fair play to him. Continues his perfect run. Uh, at least a field goal. Uh, anything else you want to mention on this game before we uh, before we move on? Yeah, I think we've we've done it. We've we? hammered it, right? Let's let's move on. Let's talk about something more interesting than just hammering the the Bengals for the sixtieth straight time. Uh, we've already kind of talked about the. I was going to talk about the AFC North. We talked about a little bit the the Browns and the the Ravens both weirdly now at six and three. Um, the Browns beat the Texans ten seven in in a kind of a strange sloppy game that I was disappointed in the Texans for not winning. That was that that game was three and for for a serious amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought this was gonna be a record all time low scorer. Hurt really hurt me in the fantasy. Yes, I'm I'm bottoming out in the uh, UK Steelers podcast fantasy league not doing so well. Deshaun Watson is my quarterback. Didn't help me this week that they were in such a low scoring game, I'll tell you that much. I beat Dave this week. As I continue to cruise, just behind, just I'm like the um, I'm like the uh, what's it called the rat that sits on the ox's nose, you know. Right now, uh, Rich is the ox, just powering through everyone, and I'm just waiting, biding my time. <laughs> I've been I'm frustrated with that league. I've been hit by serious <laughs> bad luck. 
<laughs> it's not going well. Um, we, we we talked about the Patriots beating the Ravens, so we don't need to to hash that all up too much. But that gives us a three game lead in the division on those two teams. Uh, any other? I didn't. I didn't think there was a great deal of like newsworthy bits of. Note. There was a little thing I I, I came across. Go on. Uh, Corderell Patterson joined Josh Cribbs and Leon Washington as the only players with eight kick returns for touchdowns when he ran back the opening kickoff of the second half to give the Chicago Bears a 13-7 lead. It was the longest kickoff return in franchise history, surpassing Gale Sayers, 103-yarder against Pittsburgh on September 17, 1967. Do you remember that game, Rich? 1967? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not quite that old. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have told us if he did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not not amazing company, Josh Cribbs and Leon Washington to go into. But uh, I don't know. I call it Al Patson. I don't know. I, I, he's kind of he's he's one of those players that's almost been good, right? <laughs> almost. Like a, like a Percy Harvin character. Like you kind of think it's only if only he was on the right team, like he, he would have been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Same, same as Josh Cribbs, really. I mean, Josh Cribbs, you've got to remember, was on the front of Madden. I mean, that's crazy when you think back now. But, um, yeah. Yeah, he's got a rule. I wondered how that was going to connect to Pittsburgh, by the way. I thought this is a strange piece of news for this podcast, but... No, I brought it back at the end with the yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> a little tidbit for you. Anything else? I don't know. Uh, the Pro Bowl's going to Madden this year, speaking of Madden. That interest you get? Yeah. Oh, uh, I won't be watching. <laughs> How are they supposed to do all the QB fun throwing passes through hoops thing I on Madden? Got, I haven't got a clue. All I know is it's going to be a garbage fire. That's I have no idea. I think I think maybe like aren't like players playing each other or something? Like the Pro Bowl players are going to play Madden? I, I, I don't know. I'd like to see Ben make the Pro Bowl just to watch him play like Alvin Kamara and Madden though. That'd be funny. Yeah, struggling to turn on his controller. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, that's all. I right. just talk about the Jags. Okay. Uh, let's just do it. Let's just do it. We talk about um, a blowout. Well, get ready for a cupcake. Am I right, Gav? Well, they're they're improving. <laughs> no, I, they're listen, improving. They're, I, they're one and seven. Or I'm the positive one now. One and eight. What are they? One and eight. Is <laughs> one it? and eight. Yeah, one and eight. I, I've utilised all my um, picking against the Steelers in trap game um, fuel. So regardless of what I do or don't believe, I have to be positive this game. I mean, they, did you watch the game? They, they, I thought they did much better than expected. They I mean, you you, close, you you picked them in, in all three of you picked them right in the old gauntlet, and um, there was a time there where I thought, hey, yeah. they could actually I was a bit do an concerned. upset here. I was a bit concerned. Um, the, the Jags also, which it should be pointed out, and I'll see if if Rich thinks there's any credence to this. Uh, they have a fourteen and twelve record with the Steelers all time, and, and you know they have kind of become our bogey team, you know, in the last decade. Oh God! Do you think about today the Leonard Fournette game, the 2017 mm. playoffs? I mean, that was you know this 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 isn't that team by by a long stretch of imagination, but it, it still brings back those bad memories. So I, I asked, mean that was that was I think every Steelers fan thinks that Leonard Fournette is a better running back than he actually <laughs> is because he had his longest career run in that game and had his best performance in that game. So I've still got bad memories about Leonard Fournette when you see him failing badly. You know, for the for the Bucks, that's all. That's all long, long in the memory. Is there any credence to this idea that the Jags have our number, Rich? Uh, you know, I think when if you're talking about 
uh, opposing coaches, if it's the same coaches like, you know, Tomlin, Belichick or Cowher, Belichick, you know, if you're talking about that, then I would say there's probably something there that has some type of uh, credence. But other than that, no, I don't think so. And I, and I don't think it I don't think it matters a whole lot. You know, it's it's more about the players, you know, the people that you have, uh, the personnel. I'd say this is more of a trap game than the Bengals because it's a very young Jaguars team. Yep. They're the youngest team in the league. They've got nothing to lose, right? They're one and eight. They're on to, you know, back up. What round was he taking in? Sixth Fifth round, round Jake Sixth Luton? Round, yeah. Sixth round. They've got nothing to lose. They've, you know, they, they, you know, they can, if they lose, that's to be expected. If, if they pull something off, then that's that's amazing. Uh, I think I think it, it is a risk. I mean, obviously they've lost Chris Thompson to IR, so they've only got James Robinson, who happens to be the best rookie running back this year. But you know, he's made he he's had three 100-yard games, one one against the Packers, and um, he's 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 resetting the record books for the most yards by an undrafted rookie, you know, yeah. ever. Um, I like in this, this so. This feels more like the Dallas game to me than the Bengals game, in, 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 you know, in that sense. This is a team that f- feels like it plays up to some of these opponents. You know, you look at last week and the, even the week before, right? They were close in both those games. They've been keeping games close this year. Um, but, yeah, the, the quarterback to me feels the, the difference at this point. I mean, Gardner Minshew's one thing. I think, you know, we all have different opinions on Minshew, but I liked a lot of what he did. I liked Jake Luton when he stepped in that first week. I was pretty, uh, <laughs> I was ready to crown him the best player of the century when he uh, did that cheeky spin move into the end zone in the final play. But then he uh, squiffed the two pointer and has uh, been on a downward trajectory ever since. So I don't know so much about that, but you know, yeah, it seems like things have died down for him. He's leveled off a little bit. He only put up 170 yards last week, 62 passer rating against the Packers. He, he does, so. he, yeah, he, he does seem to be decent at evading pressure and making plays. That's that. That seems to be his. We said repertoire. that. We said that about Joe Burrow, and he's uh, the first overall pick. Yeah, I think this. I is don't a... think he's quite on his level. Who, who? Sorry, what? I don't think he's quite on his level. I don't think Luton's on the, the well, Burrow well, kind of cerebral quarterback. Exactly level. right, and we've just we've just smashed Burrow to pieces. So, you know, I think this is a guy we can get after. They uh, they allow like nearly the most sacks in the league as well, so he's not well protected. Uh, this has got to be a defense. Uh, I mean, we've got, we've got to have a similar game plan to the one we had against the Bengals. Here, we got to just rush him straight up the middle and uh, go straight after this dude early. Yeah, punish him. Which is uh, what you yeah. said last week. Yeah, it is. You're right with the young I mean, it's, guys. It's a good game plan. I like some yeah, of these I'm... young guys. You know, Jack Robinson you mentioned, but then the receivers I like a lot as well. DJ Chalk is legit. Keenan Cole is a major risk. You know, Lavisca Chenault has shown up at times this season. Thirty thirty rookies have contributed. Ooh. That's a lot, man. Thirty, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, look out for busted coverages, right? Luton's got a live arm. In fairness to him, he can hit people downfield. You saw that with his first pass in the league. Um, but you know, I'm hoping we can get enough pressure on him that he doesn't get the chance to wind up and uh, hit some of these dudes downfield. Yeah. It's more, it's more the defense that interests me. Did you see um, uh, podcast favorite Devon Hamilton got his first sack? Uh, no. Why was he no, the podcast he favorite again? <laughs> we, we loved him. Don't you remember Ohio State nose tackle? We were, oh we yeah, were, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, he played 63% of the snaps against the Packers, so he, he's kind of carving out a role. Um, Crazy how quick yeah, these guys fade it. out your memory, innit? <laughs> yeah. You've got to remember, because I'm sure we'll be doing our uh, draft recap show yeah. at some point to grade our own scouting. But we, we all liked him, and yeah, he's he's, he's had four, four tackles in the first sack against Aaron Rodgers. So that's, that's going well. But then uh, CJ Henderson was their number nine pick in the I've draft, seen, and he's... He He's he's had a, he's having an up and down season. He's making making plays, but also making big mistakes, which what you, what you'd expect from a rookie. Um, but yeah, so I I expect they're going to target him to be honest, because he he is very error prone. You know, he, most of the uh, Packers touchdowns went were were, were his way. Uh, he got getting turned around and allowing players to drive past him. But then, but then he's also, you know, getting pass breakups and, and fumbles on the other side. So, sort of volatile player. But yeah, I think I think he's going to be one that Ben's going to be looking for. This is a game where having those receivers, those three prime receivers, is going to be a, a huge advantage against this secondary. The, the, the also at the bottom of the <laughs> bottom of the league in terms of uh, pass defense. So, another big game to be expected for the passing game surely this week. Um, Rich, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I think it's. I think I agree with you. This is uh, more like uh, playing the Dallas Cowboys than the Cincinnati Bengals. It's it's uh, very similar to me. Um, but you know we got to stop the run. You know, uh, I, and uh, I I think we'll handle it okay. Uh, I see us. Uh, no reason why we can't be ten and zero after this game. Very nice. Yeah, I think Jack. Speaking about Jack Robinson, I think he's. Uh... He's kind of a hard-hitting, bruising kind of dude. I think we kind of handled those guys pretty well. In fact, handled Henry. Yeah, like I, that's kind of what we do the best in this run game. It's more when it gets a little bit more creative that we've seen some struggles from this run defense. Not that they've been too too bad, except in that Ravens game. Are you saying that we've got a weakness for Clyde Edwards-Helaire? Oh no! Don't don't go there. <laughs> Might have a weakness for Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think we can handle a guy like uh, James Robinson for for all of his strengths. Um, Dave, you feeling confident in this game, or are you worried about a trap? I'm not worried about a trap at all. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um, but you know, when you look at these two offenses, that and it, I mean, I'm not a lover of reading too deep into stats because they lie generally. But <laughs> in 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 this instance, I, I was looking at sort of overall um, like yards per game on passing, rushing, etc. And when you compare the Steelers and the Jags, we're pretty much the same in terms of yards. Offense, uh, roughly 340 yards per game on total offense. Passing, around 240 each. Rushing, around 100 each. But when you look at points per game, Steelers are getting 30, Jags are getting 21. You know, when... Again, you can't read too deep into it because you've not got Gardner and Gardaminshu in there. You've got his backup in there and a whole host of reasons. But it's like the difference is that this offense, for its faults, scores points. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Jags are falling short. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're getting yards. They're doing effective things with the run more recently. But they're not converting that into points. And... In, I, I think offensively we'll win that battle, and I, I also think that defensively we'll win that battle because it, it's you know this this defense is going to do what it does every week. It's gonna it's going to take away strengths. So even 
I mean, there's always going to be that one receiver that just runs free down the middle and no one's even seen the guy. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bit of a, or a lot of a blowout. I think this week, I think it's going to be a bit embarrassing for the Jags this week. Yeah, I think I think they're like the the their offensive line's actually pretty decent if they, if they can keep stay healthy. They're, it's not too bad. So I think that, and like you say, the receiving core is fairly respectable. You know, Chart's good, Cole Connolly respectable, Eifert. You know, this can, it's been good in the past. Defensively, you know, Sidney Jones is a free agent signing. They they've got. Great, great cornerback actually, and he. But who who are they going to put him on? I mean, he's is he just going to play on one side, or is he? Are they going to try and match him up on someone? But so you know, does he take away DJ? Does he take away Claypool? I don't know. Then just you know, so that that leaves Henderson wide open. So I, I, I'm not too worried. You know, Jack Miles Jack's a good good linebacker. They got Showbert, who's who's not playing as well as he was for the Browns, but still still a good player. So I think I think you know the run game's probably going to struggle again. Hamilton and and Taven Bryan, who is a first round pick that's not been playing well, but you know is is decent enough. So I think it's going to be a tough tough day for the run. Possibly you know probably again we're going to spam them through the air and yeah I think I think it's going to be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. It's not going to. I don't think it is a trap game at all. But it's it's a challenge. They've got to scheme some stuff up, I think, to take away their their pass defense. Okay. Well, hit me with uh, a kind of a score prediction, then, Gap. Okay, I've got one right here for you. The Steelers are going to win twenty-seven ten, mm. and I've got a bold prediction, slightly pessimistic that. Uh, Robinson is going to rush for more than double of Connor's yards, but 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 Pittsburgh will score more than double points than the Jags. Okay. We should say, by the way, that um, none of none of us got two point predictions for the for the bowl predictions, but I was very close. What was yours again? I had Juju, DJ, Ebron, and Claypool yeah. all to score TD, TDs, and it was Juju. DJ and Claypool too. No, Ebron. So close. So close. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Robinson to rush for more than double of Connor's yards. Okay. But Pittsburgh to score more than double points than Jags. Is that a two-pointer, do you think? Hmm. Hmm. It's two things. It is two things. It's two things have to happen. Yeah. I'm struggling, I'm struggling to fully understand this. Can you run it by so, me again? <laughs> so, okay. So... I think I think what's pretty likely is for for the Steelers to score more than double the points, you know, more game points than the Jags, right? Okay. But I've also said that I think that Robinson will rush for more than double of Connor's yards. Okay. Okay. It's inventive. I think we I think it's on the borderline. Can we give him that, Rich? What do you think? Wow. I mean, both of them are expected. Oh. You know, you, you're expecting that because Connor hasn't been doing squat. Uh, but I mean, it is two things. So there, I see an argument. <laughs> so you want to you give me one point five here? See, Gav's, no, Gav's properly relying on his two things strategy. He thinks if he just picks any two things, we'll give him the two points. <laughs> hey, like, last week I did. I did four things happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think in light, you know, looking at it in a case by case circumstance, in light that that he was so close to that four 
poor thing prediction. I think we should give him two points for this one. Okay, yeah, I'm on the borderline of accepting it, but but I'll give. It, I like the inventiveness of it. So I am joint last. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll give him that. So Steelers to win twenty-seven ten is my prediction. It makes my prediction seem very unlikely now, but I don't know. Maybe you'll disagree. Um, I've, I've got a similar score to you, Gav. Um, I went Steelers thirty-three, Jags thirteen. Okay. Um, and my bold prediction was something I wanted to mention earlier. Actually, is someone to look out for. Um, look out for you know with Minshew out and we're playing Jake Luton. and look out for backup now, Mike Glennon. Right, my bold prediction: Mike Glennon throws for over a hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> one what, of what, two... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to tie you down. But what is there an injury here? Well, or, one, well or, that's what or, I was going to say. Or, or Luton gets pulled. There's two things here. My thought, my original thought was Luton's going to get pulled because he's we're, we're going to make him look atrocious. But then there's also the injury factor there with this with this line. So so there's two eventualities there. Uh, so you're just playing the possibilities. You're not so, sure. You just guess. Yep. Yep. So Glennon, and then Glennon's got to come in, depending when it happens, you know, and, and have a, a, a you know a decent enough game to get 100 yards. Glennon, on and on and on. Okay, who's next? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Uh, it's funny we're we're all starting to think alike. Uh, <laughs> interesting. I, I have uh, Steelers winning 27-13. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And your prediction? And I think uh, going along lines of uh, Simon, uh, Simon's prediction, I'm going to say Juju Smith-Schuster will stub his toe in pregame and not be able to play. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Joe Hayden will get an interception, and so will Minka. See, now, Hayden and Minka INTs. Rich is a man of analytics, whereas I'm a man of instinct. You know, Intuition. <laughs> I, I I get the uh, the great feeling from above when something's going to happen. I like this when our scores are so close. <laughs> it could come down to crunch time and we're actually watching the spreadsheet here. Well, I will be. Oh, don't worry. I'll keep you informed as, as, as the <laughs> when, game unfolds. When Gav's mysteriously won by one point <laughs> last week. <laughs> okay, Dave. Right. Well, I've I've gone for thirty-six-nine Steelers win blowout. Ooh. Wow. Um. And yet again, great minds of the thought alike a little bit with Rich. Um, I've got for two interceptions, one being Joe Hayden and the other one being my boy, ABJ. Oh, bold. Okay. Hmm. All right. So I'm trying to make up some room, some points on the old uh, rest of the NFL gauntlet pick. And I've gone for Miami to beat Denver. What do we think about that? That's a one-pointer, Gav. Don't try and argue that's a two-pointer. Is it? Is it? <laughs> I know they're not technically underdogs, but they're they're a bad team. What do you mean? What do you mean they're a bad team? They're literally ranked fifth on like a power ranking that I saw yesterday. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and to be fair, we have to do the underdog thing because it's always going to be a question of personal, you know, yeah. personal. So it has to be underdog gets the two points, right? I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, an underdog, yeah. and it's you know not. Silly, you know. For example, right? If the Steelers played the Chiefs, are we giving two points to either team there? You know? No, it's still an underdog. I think the underdog. Oh, you think is... that any underdog should? So even if it's like a one point five, then we have no argument because we could argue about all these all day. You know what I mean? There's I'm no to argument, do that. and it's just it's just set in stone. Underdog is two points, and then you study the schedule, and if you oh. if you take advantage of a game like that, then good for you. 
right, okay. Okay. Do we not think that Miami are a terrible team? They're definitely not the underdogs in that game. No. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) But I'm taking them anyway. Awful. Right. So following that, uh, following our structure before, Si? Uh, I'm going Chargers this week. Oh, I know they're not underdogs, but I, I I thought about them and thought, no, they can't win. And they I, can't. I know. It's... it's definitely the game the Jets win, right? But I just I haven't got many teams left that I'm confident in looking at this schedule this week. So It you feels like the Chargers... Whoever's playing the Jets methodology. Well, it feels like the Chargers are the one team that could blow this. I know. It was all I had left, to be honest, that I felt remotely confident in, so... Okay. Rich? You know, we're getting to the nitty-gritty here. We're starting to get to that point where we're where the picks are getting tougher. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Vikings at home to beat the Cowboys. Okay. Solid pick. Vikings won for me last week. Okay, Dave? I'm back in the Lions over the Panthers. With, uh, with McCaffrey out, etc. I think... It could be the the one that the Lions win. Okay, they've had a few. They've had quite a few close games along the way that have sort of could have gone in the balance. So I think that's, I think they come off the Lions this time. right there. Yeah, losing close games. Yeah. Uh, all, all square this week, by what, the way. What is the, uh, the, the? I'm assuming the Lions are the favourites in that game, right? I don't know. That might be close um, though. Let's check it out. Might be worth a a second look, but uh, I don't imagine the line's huge for that. Maybe a three-point line to the Lions, if I was to guess. It's going to be pretty close, yeah. 3.5. Hang on one second. Uh, Where are we? Right. Part of the show. uh, Panthers. (laughs) (laughs) Dead air. Yeah. Yeah, Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Panthers are favourite. So Lions are our technical one point five underdogs. Wait, Lions are underdogs. Yeah. What? So I get three points for that, right? Wait. So, 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 Dave, so he's getting two points. Oh, in that case, I want the Lions. This, this is this has changed the whole like. This has changed the entire um, way that look at this game. I think it's got to, got to be three point more dogs. Really. I kind of feel that 1. way too. 5. Rich doesn't agree though. I don't agree. I think, I mean, that's part of the strategy of the game. I mean, it's a, you got, you know, hey, we can do majority roles if you want, and I'm fine with it. But I just think it's part of the strategy. If you can find an underdog that's, you know, go for it. But who but do how, you think is going to win that game? The Lions. One, 1.5 dogs is not even a field goal. That's that's basically that's Vegas a, just a, saying, a t- eh, it's a split game. Yeah. Uh, it's up to you guys. I mean, that's just, to me, that just eliminates a lot of arguments. It does, but I, I think make it, let's make it a field goal or more because anything less than a field goal is you're basically saying it's a toss up. All right, what if we do it this way? If it is less than a field goal and you still want the underdog, if you lose, you get minus one point. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, I don't know about minusing points. That's harsh, man. Now Dave's, now Dave's like, well, I didn't sign up for any of this. I just wanted my Lions for a point. That's all I asked. Yeah, for. I just wanted my Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I gotta say I agree with Gal. I think three points to me feels like a reasonable underdog weight where that's like okay one team is the the, the more clear favourite and you're picking the underdog that, yeah because I, I, to me I just said the Lions were the favourite I'm surprised at that. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll go with it. That's that's fine. Yeah, so three point three point underdog. You've got to be you've got to be picking. You know, you've got to be. It's an onion hanger. It's not a you know just just trying your luck on a 
on an even uh, game. Teddy was went out a bit injured at the end of the last game, and CMC isn't there. That seems who's weird. their who's their who's their quarterback? If 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 Teddy can't go, is it Walker? I don't even I'm know who sure that is. Don't have a clue. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, they're one point picks, right? If if Dave can't if if I can't get Miami, then Dave can't get the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Lions is more onion hangy than Miami, but okay. <laughs> well, it depends if Drew Lock can go. But anyway, let's uh, let's Might be visit more beneficial if he can't. But okay. <laughs> Four large donuts, kid. Everything on him. You want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. Right, coming out the cold, out that co- that cold autumn weather into the, the kebab corner, everybody. Right, um, I've been thinking about like household code, about um, things that you say in your household that make no sense out of it. Because I've had, and particularly when I was working for for companies or for whatever, working with other people, I work on my own at the moment, so I don't have anyone to speak to most of the day, which is why I, I offload on you guys. Um, but when you say something that makes complete sense in your house, but then say it to someone else outside, they look at you like you're completely insane. I mean, there's there's code that's sort of, I suppose, regional. So things like what you call the TV remote. In my house, it's the zapper. In some houses, it's the clicker. Or, I mean, what do you guys call it? The, the remote? The remote. But one of my, my best mates, Nick, um, actually, he did the graphics for the podcast. When you see the uh, podcast graphics, that's that's his handiwork right there. Best mate since uh, since school. His family, they always called it the press it. Press it. That's a new one. Yeah, they're the that only people in the UK, I think, that use that one. But like, I remember as a as a kid, if you ever left the house, like the the lights on in the house in rooms you don't you weren't in anymore. My dad would be shouting, it's like bloody Blackpool illuminations in this house. And I think if you sort of moved outside of the northwest or northeast, you probably wouldn't, that wouldn't be said at all. Um, but currently in, well, say currently for, for quite a while, because I'm, I'm quite a straight-faced, dry person generally, but I get a bit childish and silly at home. So we have a bit of a thing where we sort of, We'll sing songs to each other, but we'll replace certain words with very juvenile and silly words, particularly the word bum. Um, so, like, you'll just be singing a song and you'll just replace one word with the word bum and just keep using that over and over again. And you just be in fits of laughter with each other. But if I did that in the outside world, I'd be put in a cell with a, a padded, uh, in a padded cell. But, um, Give us an example, Dave. Oh, I can't even think of one now. <laughs> Give, give me a song. What's a song? Song line. I've got five on it. <laughs> it's only now. one direction you can go there, isn't there? You've got bum on it, apparently. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it, it's just replacing a word with bum. Can you basically. give us a full rendition of um, the killer's Mr. Brightside, but in this style? I can't even think of the words right now. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd have to, I'd like, like sing along to it. It's, it's, it's sort of old, sort of. I like, am um, time. No. That'd be yeah. a hard one. It's, it's usually like Nat King Cole songs and things like that. Unforgettable and things like that. I did it my oh, way. Yeah. Just... Oh, I see. So he's got a slip, got a slip bum into a, a syllable yeah. that sounds but, like bum. 
but it's got it's it's got to fit in so well that you could almost like someone could go what was that and you go oh yeah i just said unforgettable just sort of like slip it in so it's almost unnoticeable but it's there you know it's there so like end dubs um number one would be like you're my bumba one yeah yeah just 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 slip 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 the bum in (laughs) (laughs) this reminds me of an actor called ricky champ who was in game of thrones and other stuff but his his favorite game was to yeah when you you know when you turn up to work in the morning you generally say good morning to everyone and it's what everyone does he 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 said he he confided in me that he actually says i'm horny um but he says it in such a way you can't tell so he walks around going i'm horny i'm horny i'm horny <laughs> and and everyone just says good morning back to him and that's his little game he plays little mind fuck he does with people i thought that's quite funny so i, I actually do that occasionally but i realize he's an actor i'm i'm just some you know grunt technician i can get fired he can't so i probably don't want to get busted but uh anyway carry on sorry derailed you you know i, I was just wondering if, if any of you guys have a a thing that's sort of a household code thing or even a workplace code thing because there's been situations when i've move from one job to another and there's something that's an, like an in-joke and then you you forget that that in-joke doesn't exist elsewhere and you say it and people look at you like what are you on about mate you know it, it's sort of yeah it, it, do you guys have anything that's that's like that or if it or am i just alone in this it's a tricky one I don't, I don't do me. the bum one no yeah. i definitely don't do the bum one this could be a short I mean, corner. There's, there's, there's things my daughter says that me and my wife say because my daughter says it because it's amusing. So, you know, just various words, you know, like she, she couldn't say the letter K for a, a long period of time when she was a kid. So, so anything that ended in a K or had a K and it, it was replaced with a T. So, you know, a shark becomes a shot. So we, we would still sort of say things like that, but maybe... I don't know. No one else would know about that. Um, and then you know, she 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 refers to her. Uh, uh, I don't know, like you know, words for we and poo and stuff like that that she uses. But I, I don't think there's anything more developed than that. This is turning to a, you want to talk some shit segment again. It was hovering okay. close, so now it's. Gone I was waiting for the sound drop. Shit. To be honest. <laughs> there it is. I don't know. I, I truly cannot think of it. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff, but um, I don't know. I can't think of anything that jumps out to me like this bum song. Richard, yes. are you rich with a bum song? Um, no, I don't. I don't have a bum song. <laughs> <laughs> Clip that. <quote. laughs> I've had a few bums my time. I think I had one in the hotel room in Miami. But anyway, let's move on from there. <laughs> uh, but uh, me and uh, you, you remember Damon, um, Gav, I think, from yeah. he was the second unit director and stunt coordinator. He's a stunt coordinator for Zach a lot. Well, we've got a, you know, 30 years. And we, we've, we've used things, phrases from movies and things and from cartoons or TV shows, you know, and we'll use them to this day whenever the circumstance comes up. And one of the ones that I can think of is we, we used to watch this Ren and Stimpy cartoon. You guys ever see Ren and Stimpy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. That well, there's this one where Ren said to Stimpy, squeeze that monkey, Bubba. 
And for some reason, we just thought that was hilarious. We used to say it all the time and we'd watch. So my son's first words were squeeze that monkey Bubba. Oh, really? <laughs> honestly, honest, honest to God, that was his first words. So we, it became a name. Like he, he became Bubba. I'd call my buddy Damon Bubba. He'd call me Bubba and we would call my son Bubba. So to this day, that's my son's nickname, and that's actually our nicknames for one another. I, you may have heard on set one time ago. He's on set. I go, "Hey, Bubba," you know, like is this just? It just has lasted all these years, and and like my my ex wife uh, Sage's mom calls him Bubba to this day. You know, so it's just one of those things that just stuck. It sounds kind of like it reminds me of Bubba Sparks. You know, I think of some some southern southern country dude in. Uh... Dungarees and pigsties. I think of Bubba Gump from uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, there you go. Bubba Gump shrimp. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it, it seems that this uh, this question has sort of fallen flat on its arse, hasn't it? <laughs> it sounds like you just it's have a very, a very idiosyncratic household. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's, it's just it's, uh, living in a madhouse. I don't know. Sounds like you have a very loving relationship. I'm slightly jealous. Fun you guys oh. have. Well, maybe you should try singing bum songs. You know, just see, if you want to spice up your marriage, just just sing a bum song. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know if that'll go the way that you think it will. <laughs> well, Chloe is wow. inexplicably a, Chloe is inexplicably decided to be a Jags fan. So this week's going to be fun. Um, so I'm going to avoid mm. doing any of that. Since when? Oh, is this part of Jags UK? Oh, it happened ages ago, but very early on. You know, in the NFL process for her, it was uh, there's one picture of her in the Steelers jersey in the hat on draft. It was the night that we drafted TJ Watt, and then after that, she decided. I think it was mainly just to annoy me. She decided the Jags. I think probably because they beat us in the in the playoffs more than anything. She like melted Maltesers, is that why? What was that? What's that? Well, because their helmet for a while looked like a melted Malteser, didn't it? I actually didn't mind that helmet. You know, I thought it was okay. I hate it. So. Yeah, that's not that's not going to be fun this week. So I'm going to avoid singing any bum songs, anything to upset the situation. She's going to be watching it with you this weekend. It's an early uh, early kickoff. No, most definitely not. But she does. I, I, I do know that she keeps up to date with the scores. <laughs> so it's a foundation to build on. Yeah, she's not interested in any sport, but uh, I think she enjoys when <laughs> when the Jags beat the Steelers is is particularly fun for her. I see. Right, let's wrap it up there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, Dave, it feels like we didn't have anything to offer on that one, but um, it's a tricky one. I don't know. We need to work on our bum songs. I just call a remote a remote. I don't know what to say. You know, it's. I feel like I've let Dave down. <laughs> Plenty of people call it a doofer. Or a... Yeah, I've never got that. No? Clicker? Some... You guys ever heard uh, Clicker? Clicker. Ever hear that one? Yeah, but that's the bad thing in Last of Us now, so I can't, you know, can't detach from that. What is that a video game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like that's the name of the zombies, the the clickers. Clickers. Dave, Dave, are you old enough to remember having a remote control on a wire? Yes. Yeah. On. um... I'm guessing you're not. Yeah, I mean, I remember the. I didn't watch it, but I remember what the wire. No, no, no. Exactly. You just proved my point. Yeah, but it was it was even like a thing when I was you know what I mean it's not like what oh that 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 it's that long ago. What, what what am I talking about? Wait, what are you talking about? 
Exactly. <laughs> oh, you've lost me. I'm okay. saying your remote control used to be on a cable. It wasn't infrared. Oh, I thought you were talking about the wire. I know you were. That's why I was, I was calling you out on it. No, you... it, it, it was like it was like a, a wire that was about half a foot. It didn't. You, you couldn't. You were pretty much in front of the TV anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like the PS2 controller originally, right? Like that. That would seem yeah. crazy today. And I remember bringing it up with, with the scout guy. Who was the scout we had on? We had we've forgotten his name before. The guy whose name we've forgotten before, who we had on, who was a, a blagged his way into being a scout. I asked him about the jog wheel. He had no idea what I was talking about, but he kind of started out. But you remember you used to get the remote controls with a jog wheel, Dave? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you, yeah. you'd have like you could you could fast forward, play, or rewind all on that one thing. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they were high end remotes. They were only in in your kind of rich friends' houses. I st- I was still on the wired one, you know. And these guys had infrared and a jog wheel. We're kind of jealous of those guys. How ridiculous! Years. I think for years we had a TV that just had like a sliding piece of metal that moved the volume up and down because my dad was too much of a cheapskate to buy a, a better TV. And a like, sliding piece of metal. Yeah, so it was like a little knob that you slid up and down oh, to oh, control I the volume. Yeah. And then like your channels was like a button you'd press to change the channel. So it was like obviously there's only like what four channels back then, so you just press the button to to change it. And that that was oh. our TV until I was about I don't know six or something i remember a mate of mine had had a completely red tv i mean like the screen was completely red like if you sat down all you saw was everyone was red and he'd always say don't worry just watch it for half an hour and in half an hour's time it'll be normal and i remember we sat down and we watched uh peter jackson's second film what was that brain dead and he was right after half an hour you could see normal colors it was totally weird but then if you went to the toilet and came back, it was red again. Totally strange. Your brain like decoded the thing. I don't know what was going on. It's like everyone's got really bad sunburn for a while. Man, it was it was weird, man. It was like it was like there was like a nuclear meltdown going on. It was like just completely red. Strange. But it didn't, it did the, the human brain's a powerful thing. It can overcome obstacles like that. Mm. The information was there. I think we're done, right? <laughs> yeah, we went so long on the uh, on the Bengals piece. I don't know why I let this go. You know, I don't know why I let this this roll on. But I've become ever softer as the weeks go by. Um, follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy wrote this and follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart Gav at GM Boom Up. And follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt Underscore Batman. And uh, we'll hopefully see you here next week at ten and zero. Ooh, I thought, uh, yeah, I didn't know if you were going to say it then for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Go Steelers. Cheers, guys. Go Steelers.